Hi, this is Daniel James, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The Mission is broadcast live on Triple R each Tuesday evening. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. Good evening. And welcome to episode 000098 of The Mission. My name is Daniel James. I'll be your host, broadcasting to you from Radio City Docklands. It's good to be back in our Studio B here at uh, Radio City. And as uh, we all know, Radio City Docklands is on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to their elders past, present, and... Uh, Always remind yourself that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So we're approaching the end of March now, March 2021, which will be for me a month that will always be remembered for another four Aboriginal people dying whilst in custody. We're in the midst of a deep crisis when it comes to death in custody. We are around, we're around about 500 deaths in custody as we speak. We aren't 100% sure of the actual number because there is no one agency that collects data on this terrible statistic. And, of course, that is part of the problem when it comes to all of this. When the Royal Commission was released almost 30 years ago to the day, there was a distribution of recommendations between state and federal governments. And while only 64% of the recommendations from the report remain implemented, There is no one agency or tier of government responsible for the oversight and the monitoring of those recommendations. So what that means is that over the past 30 years, there has been slippage against the recommendations. Recommendations like, and I'm paraphrasing here, Aboriginal people should only be going into custody as a last resort. So how are we stacking up against that recommendation here in 2021? Well, let's take the case of 37-year-old Yorta Yorta woman, Veronica Nelson, as an example. Veronica died in January 2020 while in police custody at the Dame Phyllis Frost Centre. And so for what crime was Veronica Nelson locked up in a maximum security prison out there near Deer Park? She was locked up for shoplifting-related offences. After representing herself in court on New Year's Eve, she was refused bail and remanded in the maximum security prison. Veronica Nelson was found dead in her cell at the Senate at around 8am on January the 2nd, the day after New Year's Day, of course. The inquest into Veronica Nelson's death was due to start in June of this year, but has been pushed back by the coroner until April 2022 due to the complexity of the case. And so I guess we'll have to take that decision at face value. But, of course, that won't stop us from following the case and showing our support for Veronica's family and the families of all those that have died in custody at the hands of the system. So we will remember their names and we will take action. You can sign a petition urging the Prime Minister to meet with families who have lost loved ones while in custody. The aim of that meeting is to make it as real as possible for our political leaders to have families that have survived the loss of their loved one in prison and to make it as realistic for our political leaders, for, for families to look our political leaders, our Prime Minister, in the eye and hear, for him to hear their stories from families that have been affected by this rolling tragedy. This movement doesn't have the luxury of turning down meetings with the PM. 
So we have to petition and hit the streets. And that's exactly what we're going to do. If you want to sign a petition urging the Prime Minister to meet with families of those who have lost loved ones while in custody, just go to the NATSILS website. That's NATSILS, N-A-T-S-I-L-S dot org dot A-U forward slash BLM. BLM for being Black Lives Matter. I'll say that again. N-A-T-S-I-L-S dot org dot A-U forward slash BLM. NATSILS dot org dot A-U forward slash BLM. And then on Saturday, the 10th of April at 1pm, there will be a protest gathering at Parliament House in Spring Street, and I guess around the country too, from what I can understand, demanding an end to black deaths in custody 30 years, almost to the day after the Royal Commission's report was handed down. These are things that we can do, and these are action that we can always take. So let's, uh, let's keep and maintain the rage, because this tragedy is not getting the airing that it deserves across broader society and, of course, across mainstream media, except for some small examples. But shortly, uh, and after it was agreed that our first guest, who was going to be Jar Jar Dare, um, we came to a mutual agreement that what she's on the road for work at the moment, so she's um, in a fairly remote location and the line is not the best. So we've decided to hold her over to next week and speak to her next week about um, uh, some fantastic stuff that Indigitube is doing. So um, who else better to fill that space than Triple uh, R's own Neil Morris and follow Yorta Yorta Man. He's uh, moved back to country now and uh, he's noticed a number of things that have troubled him and I've heard a number of things from various members of uh, my community, the Yorta Yorta community and else other communities living up in around the Shepparton and Echuca Marupna area. So we'll have a chat to him about some of uh, the illegal felling that's been happening around the, the flats in between Shepparton and Marupa, a place that is very, very sacred for a number of reasons for uh, Yorta Yorta people, but we'll speak to him about that and other matters in more depth shortly. So uh, stick around. It should be an interesting show. As always, you can contact me via my Twitter handle at Mr DT James. Independently yours, Triple R. 102.7. Now, it's been brought to my attention in uh, recent days and weeks that there is a lot of desecration of land happening up on Yorta Yorta country, my home. Uh, I'm hearing it from several different sources and uh, one of the most alarming things that has happened in in recent months and and during the time of COVID has been the illegal felling of trees on an area known as the Flats, which is an area between Marutner and Shepparton. It is a place where after my family, my people walked off the... Cumbergunja Mission back in 1938. It's an area where they actually ended up going to settle longer term, taking advantage of fruit picking and the canneries and the employment opportunities in the area. It's a place that grounded the movement and re-established it moving forward. So um, it was a basically a who's who of uh, the Aboriginal political movement from Yorta Yorta people and people from right around, Aboriginal people from right around Victoria came and settled into that area to take advantage of the employment opportunities. It's actually where my grandfather and my grandmother met. So without uh, that little community there, there would be no mission. Oh, well, at least no mission with Daniel James. So one of the people that is on country and has moved back to country and is very dear to the Triple uh, R audience is Neil Morris. He's a fellow Yorta Yorta man. He's the host of Still Here. And he is also a fantastic musician going under the name of Dreaming Now. And he joins me from his home on Yorta Yorta country. Neil, welcome to the mission. 
Hey, brother. Thanks for having me. No sweat whatsoever. Um, like I said, the, the, there's been a number of issues that have been brought to my attention over recent months because I don't have the good fortune to actually live on country. And so people that do have been mentioning various things to me. Um, so I thought I'd speak to you as someone who's actually on country at the moment and um, would be good to speak to because, you know, you're great on the radio and a great spokesperson, um, uh, a great voice for the for the community. Um Let's just touch on what's happening on the flats at the moment. Um, describe to me what, what you've seen. Uh, what I've seen is, is horrendous and what I've seen is, is devastating and sickening, disturbing and um, heartbreaking. And what I've seen is the, uh, the felling of, of a significant number of trees within the flats and particular uh, spot in the flats where we, um, Yorta Yorta Mob, uh, through Yorta Yorta Nation Aboriginal Corporation, we put signage out on country about 10 years ago, since 2012. Mm-hmm. But we put our signage to mark uh, this spot out on country with uh, some interpretive signage to help raise awareness about this powerful story of ours, of the Yorta people, that um, prior to that, the awareness of this, you know, this amazing experience that, that our people went through that, that meant that a lot of our mob ended up, uh, you know, being born in Sheps, such as myself, um, mm. it's linked directly back to the flats, which was that that movement of the people off Kamagandra in the 1930s. So, you know, to see that devastation in this place that, is of such sacred importance to us and an ever-growing importance in telling the story of the resilience and the power of the journey of our people, it it feels quite malicious uh, and it, it doesn't look by chance that, that this kind of activity has, has taken place on country. And, um, I mean, whether it's by chance or not, it's still devastating, but, um, you know, you could look at, say, for example... Hypothetically, looking at a Japurung situation where mm. there was a decision to remove trees uh, in order for a road to pass through, um, which was a part of a very highly approved, uh, under some circumstances, a planning process, albeit a flawed a process along the way, if it meant that sacred sites were being destructed. And so, you know, for me, um, even though it's different, because, you know, this is maybe one tree here, one tree there, as opposed to um, something so big, such as a highway going through country. Um, at the end of the day, it's sacred country being destructed. And, um, you know, that one tree at a time is uh, just, just harrowing. And any tree of, of any level of sacred importance could be taken out um, through this activity, whether it's purposeful or not. Yeah. The sacred importance for our people is is of the utmost importance, and it always will be. So what, what I saw and what I've witnessed down there on country at the moment at the flats is just it's something you wouldn't want anybody to see um, on their country. I've, um, I received a, a, a press release last week uh, from the Yorta Yorta Nation Aboriginal Corporation, and, and in that press release they go on to the importance of, of the trees, but there's also a number of photos attached. And some of the trees that have been felled are right next to those signs that are actually 
describing in detail why that place, why that place is sacred to Yorta Yorta people and the history of the place. Um, so it's, it strikes me as particularly callous, but it also strikes me as particularly cheap too. I mean, seriously, if that's the best way you can you can earn a buck, seriously, mm-hmm. how how cheap are you? Um, I'm going to continue to look into this via the various sort of media outlets that I'm have um, fortunately at my um, availability. But I, I will be looking into what Parks Victoria is doing about it, what Victoria Police are doing about it, because word, re- word reached me as late as um, about half an hour ago that uh, trees are continuing to be felled in that place. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that if we respect what's going on in Jabarong country, we need to respect what's happening on Yorta Yorta country as well. And so um, we're going to keep a close eye on this and see if we can get some actual action because this decimation of this sacred place cannot continue, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, um, you know, the fact that we're in this point at all, to me, it, it speaks volumes of... Imagine if we had more Indigenous land management mm. of the country. Um, imagine, imagine a world where... Indigenous land management was instated, say, 50 years ago, um, you know, when the, the referendum to acknowledge Indigenous people as as human took place. Imagine if things were, were righted instead of us continuing to come back to the table to uh, beg for crumbs as people. And you know, so many Indigenous people have placed so much hopes with a very patient and methodical approach to having our rights acknowledged to a point where we can appropriately care for country in a way that is profound and protecting country as we're supposed to be. And and still we find ourselves in these circumstances where there's there's very little investment from um governments, you know, to get to get to the point where we can turn things on their head in terms of how our country is viewed. Uh, and, you know, certainly being from your your country, there's a lot of right-wing um, conservative uh, mind state people mm. around on country. And, um, you know, I think just tiptoeing along and giving Indigenous people a little bit of this and a little bit of that, it's, it's not enough to change the paradigm. It's an urgent situation where we need a paradigm shift. We need large-scale investment um, into... Indigenous empowerment, or we will just find ways to take empowerment into our own hands. And we've been very patient and we've tried to allow people the opportunities to do that, but we can't keep waiting when our country is being destroyed left, right, centre, like it's worth nothing more than, uh, you know, anything that that is, is not of value in the planet and it's just going to happen quickly. Well, you know, as you were as you were talking, then Neil, I was thinking about how what what how much better condition Dungala would be in now, the Murray River would be in now if if we adopted Indigenous practices earlier earlier on in the piece instead of trying to retrofit everything because it's the river itself has slowly been destroyed over time. And one of the things, of course, and you referred to a lot of right-wing um, activism, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this, Neil, I'm not putting, not putting words into your mouth, but redneck mm-hmm. activism mm-hmm. up along around the Barmer Forest relating to Brumby horses, which are a pest that mm-hmm. destroy waterways, mm-hmm. that destroy grasslands and affect the health of the river. 
uh, Yorta Yorta people up and around Barma and Chuka have been victims of very vindictive and personalised campaigns. Um, people's faces on posters uh, with targets around them, um, intimidating Yorta Yorta people and all Aboriginal people around mm-hmm. the Barma and Chuka area um, in what mm-hmm. is a, um, a very vicious campaign. I was up there during Christmas. I'll be going up there during Easter to have another look for myself. But these, these, this is a very, very personalised campaign. If, you, if you're so precious about the Brumbies, then you need to be precious about cane toads. You need to be precious about carp as well. You need to be precious against certain diseases that are in this place. Uh, you can't pick and choose what pest you like. You're either all in or you're all out. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. Um, because we're in a, and further to this is like I again I come back to the piecemeal, um, the piecemeal chip feed approach of of so-called governments of working with indigenous people where they chip feed us a little bit to satiate us, just a little bit, um, whilst balancing out all their other. Uh, political relationships and so on and so forth, whilst at the same time country suffers. Um, Indigenous people um, continue to be subject to the risks of not only livelihoods, but their actual lives through reckless, um, destructive, um, colonial, um, murderous, genocidal mind states, which still exist. And the more that things such as the destruction of country and, um, you know, things such as toing and froing about uh, the way forward in terms of the fullest extent of um, careful countries, such as in some instances having to um, remove exotic species from country, um, we, we, we're creating a breeding ground for a mentality and a war to come up against uh, what is true justice and, and rights for Indigenous people to freely practice our culture as sovereign people of our country, which is the bottom line to all of this, that is not being respected by the fact that there are only um, piecemeal appeasals offered to Indigenous people um, whilst, um, you know, literally there's there's rampant genocidal um, activity and mind state still everywhere across this land, um, you know, not only through paternalistic decision-making processes that leave our people left short and in a further position of destruction, but also out in the broader community. So it's permeated across all of society in so many different manifestations and it, it needs to be dealt with. And we cannot let this continue to linger because at the end of the day, once country is destroyed, we're all destroyed. Everybody. I guess at the end of the day, brother, all we're trying to do is to make sure that the land is there for future generations of our mob and future generations of everyone's mob for the for the broader community. All we're trying to do is enrich the culture of the culture more broadly, but also preserve land for generations of people, black and white. What what can be so hard about that? Yeah, concept. So What's so hard about that concept? It's a, it's a very sad state of affairs that, that that is a hard concept that we're actually talking about, as you stated, the whole objective is about survival for, for human existence. In this land, as Indigenous people, we will 
continue to act in accordance with the belief system and the obligation from our ancestors that we have to care for country that enables the greatest opportunity for the ongoing sustainable survival of all living beings. So we can get very upset about this and we can get really wild. And part of that is, for me, it's it's the voice of our ancestors and our old people and the creative beings of country saying, hey, we actually need to stand up because, you know, this is for everybody at the end of the day. And that's where it does get so frustrating because you see that it's destructive patterns of behaviour and you see more how it could save someone's future to stop that than what they can even see for themselves and also referring to the, the less lesser opportunity for their own families to have an opportunity for the most optimum lifestyle possible. And that's just dreadfully sad and it's really hard to fathom. Yeah, it's very hard for... Um uh, it's, it's, it's difficult enough for, for me down here in um, uh, my ivory tower, but it must be devastating for, for mob on country to actually uh, witness this stuff happening before their very eyes. Uh, like I said, through uh, the various guises at my disposal, I'll be following this up and seeing what Parks Victoria has to say about it. Maybe we need a broader investigation as to uh, who is actually illegally felling the trees on the flats, what their motives are, and uh, where the profits from that are going. What we do know, Neil, is that there was an upgrade to a track that are now that now enables vehicles to to access the flats more readily. Yeah, and again, um, there needs to be a, an intense review of the parks management uh, constructs across this state um, in a very prompt prompt manner. We do have some joint management arrangements in different parts of, of so-called Victoria, but that doesn't mean that Indigenous sovereignty is being properly respected either, and we really need that. Well, before I let you go, uh, let's go to some uh, some brighter matters. Have you got anyone lined up for the show this Sunday? Um, not as of yet. Yeah, I know, I know, I know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't know until about... You know, an hour or so beforehand. And um, what's happening with um, what's happening with Dreaming now is, is um, you got any any products coming out for us that we can uh, look forward to listening? Yeah, look, working on a lot of content and very blessed to to create a lot through 2020 and really dive deep into my not only my creative process but but moving back to country, my whole process of, of being a human and an Indigenous human who just so happens to have been blessed to grow up in their own country. So going deeper into my own connection and letting that inform my work to a greater extent. So Fantastic. yeah, I definitely really look forward to, to releasing content and um, and performing that in the times to come. Fantastic. Well, um, all power, let's uh, you and I keep in contact. We don't have to do it on the radio every time, but uh, we'll stay in touch over some of these matters. Um uh, you've been listening to Neil Morris, proud Yorta Yorta man. He's on Yorta Yorta country right now, uh, talking about some of the decimation that has been occurring across that sacred countryside. Neil, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it, brother. Pleasure. Thank you, brother. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's The Mission, a weekly radio show exploring the issues that impact the lives 
of Aboriginal people and those at the wrong end of social justice in this country. The mission is broadcast live on Triple R every Tuesday evening. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. <laughs>